New Living Translation, about this time, another large crowd had gathered and the people ran out of food again. This is orchestrated by the Lord because he already did a miracle concerning food. And um, third time food comes up, this is the second time at least, that is recorded in this very brief and fast-paced narrative of the Lord's life through the eyes of Mark, but penned under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The third time was concerning the doctrine, the bad bread or the bad leaven of the Pharisees who came to, as we've already seen, just the scriptures. But here's a second instance recorded in Mark, almost back to back, before it was the 5,000 plus, now 4,000. Verse 1 says, About this time another large crowd had gathered, and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They've been with me, or they've been here with me for three days, and they have nothing to eat, nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way. For some of them have come a long distance. His disciples replied, How are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Jesus asked, How much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. He gave them to his disciples, who distributed the bread to the crowd. A few small fish were found too, so Jesus also blessed these and told the disciples to distribute them. Another point of need, another opportunity for the Lord to manifest his ability to provide in the midst of very great need. The motivation here was not simply to teach them a lesson, but he had genuine compassion for the people. There's a concern. The people wouldn't have anticipated all of those people that were coming to the meeting, were coming to hear Jesus, and uh, we're going to be here for three days. The Lord didn't take them aside and begin to scold them and begin to think in the natural, but he's a supernatural God. They came looking for, or at least they came and heard, received the living bread, the manna for their souls. They didn't have the physical bread enough. An opportunity is created for God to provide where in the wilderness Israel was purposely brought to points where they hungered and thirsted, and it's recorded in the Bible 
especially that God allowed it to happen. And if we know that God is a God of compassion, both in the Old and New Revelation of God, the Old and New Testaments, then that means that he's looking for their spiritual development during a time of physical need. The things that we go through really and truly cause us to fall upon God's mercy, fall at his feet and really trust him. In the book of Proverbs we read not too long ago, it's written, Lord, don't give me too little lest I curse thee. Don't give me too much lest I forget thee. In some form, those sentiments are expressed. God knows how to lead his people. When he led them in the wilderness, it's written that it was still God's hand, his mighty hand. There was, an, there was a protection that was going before them and behind them. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he provided when they came to points of need. And through that, it's written, that they were taught, man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Praise be to God. These people were at a point of real need. And out of compassion, the Lord provided, but he allowed that need to come up. And as we heard last evening, we cannot blame God. It was actually, they didn't have what they needed. But God always steps in because he's a God of plenty, and a God of miracles, a God who is interested in us truly growing in faith, faithful dependence upon him. As the Lord Jesus said, you can do nothing apart from me, nothing. The more we realize that, the more humble we become. Like the woman we read about who came into that Pharisee's house. She was so broken that all she had was worship and tears in God's presence. Hallelujah. And the Lord made it a point to reveal her faithful dependence on him. And he said, she's been forgiven much, and so she loves much. She knows. She knows to what depth I forgave her. But you, religious man, like a lot of religious people, so-called Christians, or Christians who are very mature, carnal, I should say, there's always this duality of I know God loves me, I know he's forgiven me a whole lot, but I have this, I have that, and I have this going for me, and, and therefore I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I, 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 I. Which will lead to some kind of pride and some kind of reliance on self, which is a positive hindrance to the flow of the Holy Spirit. They came to a point of need 
And the Lord asks his disciples who immediately have that question in the network, how are we supposed to do this? They weren't caterers in the food business. They weren't people who had huge tent meetings and revival meetings everywhere that they were able to calculate very accurately. However, they knew there's a general big problem here. We don't have enough. Another lesson that the proneness of our human hearts to begin to worry, begin to complain, can be eliminated if we say, Lord, what are we doing here in the wilderness in the first place? Isn't it because we're with you? As Jesus was in the boat, we heard that boat cannot sink. If Jesus is in the boat, how can the boat sink? How can the boat and the wind and the waves ever take over the life, this Zoe, as written in the Greek, the life of God in our lives? Hallelujah. They thought the Titanic was unthinkable. And they found out very quickly. All the pride of man was utterly leveled and sunken on that fateful day. They boasted foolishly. Even God couldn't sink this boat. Open the door for the devil. You blaspheme God and you try to say that what I have muscle. I have ability, I have money, I have power, I have people. God will show very quickly. A satanic push to say, I, 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 I can do it. With no God's grace and it's by his mercy that I'm breathing, first of all. I'm alive to do anything. God has to deal with that. He's almighty God. These people, they came to find out as the Lord is in the boat and therefore the boat can't sink. The Lord is in the wilderness with them. Therefore they cannot perish. These people that came, yes, from the physical, natural standpoint, they will faint if they're sent away by the Lord home hungry. Because three days. Look at the Lord's compassion, really highlighted very quickly here. He says, for some of them have come from a long distance. Who would care? What God would care at the details? Recall when he raised the, the young girl, he said, Ephatha, little girl, I say to you, arise. Be opened to the man. That's the instance with Ephrath, actually. But with a little girl, use some Aramaic words. It's a little girl, I say to your eyes, I believe it was Talitha Kumi. And his concern was that they should give her something to eat. 
He truly is a God of compassion. I've never read anywhere of a God so intimately acquainted with our problems, who cares so much. Never heard it. Never read it. The details are striking regarding how much God is involved in our lives. How much He anticipates. And you see, He's stepping up. He's stepping up to the occasion all the time. To reveal the need. Not because He doesn't know. He's telling the disciples. This is the problem here. But I'm here. I'm here to solve it. At the point of our desperation, we really see this is God. You see, when they were in the storm, they got to see this is God. God is with us. When they're in distress, so many people needed to eat. He sat them down by ranks in hundreds and fifties on the green grass. He didn't tell them to sit on the hard, jagged rocks and Surely, this reflects, and we saw in Mark chapter 6, He leads me beside the still waters, but before that He makes me to lie down in the green pastures. He's a good, faithful shepherd. God would use this occasion. You see, there was a continual growing. They needed the disciples and such as, such is the case with us also. With every obstacle, every hurdle, every need that we have, we cast ourselves upon God's mercy because He keeps teaching us that He's trustworthy. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. There's no cause because God is with me. He's there to comfort me. So he looks at the situation. I have compassion. These people are going to faint. Some of them came from far away. I can't let them go home like this. God of deep, deep compassion. Oh, he cares so much. And he gives an opportunity for the disciples to be involved. He did this before and he keeps doing it. Because it has to do with faith. In the case of the storm, they couldn't stop the storm, but they could come to him trusting, but they came to him afraid care that we are going to perish. How could the boat sink of Jesus there? And how could these people say we don't have? He keeps saying, I am here, I'm the God of plenty. He would use this occasion with the 4,000, the feeding of the 4,000, and the feeding of the 5,000 men plus, women and children, when he talks about spiritual things. Everything that we go through, every physical need, has a supernatural counterpart, lesson for us to need, to, to learn. Every physical need. God cares about us. It talks about the ox needing to feed when the ox is laboring in the field. He said, don't muzzle that ox. 
and then he makes application for the ministry and ministries of the gospel. The amazing thing is that the scripture says through Paul by the Holy Spirit, does God care for oxen? Is it the oxen that he's concerned about with the don't muzzle it, don't stop it from eating as it's treading the corn, it's doing work, but don't stop it from eating when it's working. God cares. He does care for the animals. But he said the point of it was that he's talking about people who labor in his vineyard. The point here, and I'll not to expound upon the particular meaning of that passage in this message, but how God makes application of everything. We know he uses agriculture, he uses uh, the fishing industry, he talks about all kinds of examples. And he's always saying everything you see and everything you go through, even the need, is to have you like that sunflower turn fully to the face of Almighty God. He's more than enough to bring you through. He is. He keeps proving it over and over again. And the way we will become rich spiritually is when we can continue to see the hand of God in everything. Then we know He's a God of deep compassion when we go through sorrow. We go through trouble. Precious too much. I was reflecting on that, some of the things we went through this year. Virtually unthinkable. But it happened. We've never seen, or rarely, the, the kind of desperation that we experienced this past year. Having the spirit of death come right there into the room. Hours long battle, the force of darkness. The Lord is right there. Hallelujah. To overturn everything. Because he has a purpose. He has spoken. God has spoken. He said, let's go to the other side. We can't think if we're going to go to the other side. I have work to do. You have work to do. He says, I've given you. Behold, I've given you. Power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing by any means shall harm you. You'll come through. How much bread do you have? Seven loaves. You almost imagine the way in which they would have said it. Similar to the time when they only had the five loaves and the two fish. Here, the seven loaves and a few small fish. They said, Lord, even if we had such and such ability financially and the provision was there in the marketplace somewhere, so virtually they were saying it's virtually impossible to feed thousands upon, if we had maybe another 12 people hanging around us, maybe with uh, what this little lad has, maybe we can get some crumbs, each of us, maybe we can Make it through the evening. 
Maybe. But they had possibly 12,000 people. What do you do with that? The way that in which they would have responded when the Lord asked them. When somebody said, well, this is what we have. And if we had this much money, we couldn't get it. They might have laughed within themselves, if not half laughingly or with a sarcasm, give an answer to the Lord. He didn't pay any mind to that. Maybe here also. How are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out of here in the wilderness? The question wasn't, well, this is how, how much, what do you have in your hand? Imagine them saying, seven loaves with a face. Or seven loaves shaking their head side to side. They're all looking at them, maybe with mouth open. Seven loaves. There's no way. Have you ever heard anybody say, there is no way. No way. God says, yes, way, I am the way. Perhaps we've said that before. There is no way. And as believers, even when we acknowledge that, this is the fact. We heard about this last evening also. We're not denying the fact of the lack, but we have faith in the lack eliminator, the God who can provide help. So we finish the sentence. There is no human way, but we have the living God among us, whether in the midst of the storm or in the wilderness. And because he's a God of compassion, because he's a God of unlimited power, because he has something he's teaching us also, he's taking care of multiple things at the same time. While he loves the people and he really wants to meet their need, it's not just, here's a nice lesson that I like to teach you in a cold kind of way. No, he cared. He has compassion. It's written explicitly by the Holy Spirit. Jesus loved. God loves and within that, God loves to distribute His Word. Because it was the Word speaking the Word. How much do you have from here? So Jesus told all the people, again, to sit down on the ground. Then He took the seven loaves, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. He gave them to his disciples. He involves them. The people who said, no way. He said, let me show you that I am the way. Come. Thomas said, I'm not believing anything you guys are saying. This is too much. Talking about he rose from the dead. And I know he might have said something like that, but what is this? He walked through the doors. He's here. and Whatever you say, I, I, I refuse. I'm not believing this. I refuse to believe it. And what did the Lord do? Another occasion, he waited for Thomas to be there. He wasn't there at the other time. But he waited for him to be there. 
first thing was, Thomas, come here. You see him trembling, astonished. Reach hither with your finger. Feel the wounds, feel it. And he dropped to the ground. He said, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. He said, Thomas, you believe because he's seen. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Who can go on my word? Who can go on my promise? Oh, he taught right there the moment of Thomas's weakness. He taught everybody. He said, "Blessed." He said, "You you've seen me. You've seen me, Thomas." John twenty. You see that, and you believe. Blessed, how happy are those who have not seen and yet believe. These disciples were expected to believe because they already had a precedent. They saw thousands filled and then 12 baskets collected of the pieces. How do you multiply even to the point of the fragments? And here, again, they ate as much as they wanted, and in this case, it's written in verse 8, Mark 8, 8. Very important. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. Someone listening this morning, you may say, well, I know all about that, Pastor. God has done miracle after miracle for me. When I didn't have, I didn't know God just blew open all of my bottles of difficulties and he dealt with it and heaven opened and overtook all my difficulties. He, he has shown me. He loves me. He cares for me. I'm not in some corner. And he keeps doing the miraculous because he Wants me to trust in him and not what I see, as written in Second Corinthians five, seven. The Lord is teaching continually to walk by faith, not by the senses, not by sight. For we live our life in God, it's supposed to be by faith and not by sight. There were, in this particular crowd, it says about 4,000. And Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. He takes care of us. God knows how to take care of us. And I don't suppose anybody knows what they're talking about if they make such a statement. God knows. God knows how to take care of us. Unless we go through Helplessness. A state of helplessness. We cast ourselves upon the living Jesus. Oh Lord. And we can bring the scriptures before us because it is his word and it said 
The scripture cannot be broken. God, you did this before. Reminds me of an incident back, I believe, in the late 70s. And there's a, a lady who came with uh, Christian books that she had authored for children. She came to the Christian school where I was teaching some years ago. And this woman was uh, familiar with an incident from what I recall that incident happened somewhere in uh, the Mediterranean I believe and they had a ship the true incident and uh, if I remember correctly it was a mercy ship and they went to distribute the gospel in medical needs and they met medical needs and brought food and something happened where they had multitudes to feed you would have certainly remembered what the Lord did they had no food something happened with that food supply and here they're coming to land anchor that huge ship they don't have food to give to the people hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of people and they prayed and a short time later they found hundreds and hundreds and thousands of fish just wash up to the shore A true modern-day miracle. The same Jesus who did this, did that. And they were able to feed the people. They were amazed of how God provided. And as there were believers who made it their business to go and volunteer their help to the poor people, They saw God's hand come when they prayed. They trusted God. The disciples, on these occasions, you don't see them saying, Lord, would you please do a miracle? Lord, would you please help? We know you can do it, Lord. It wasn't to boost God's faith. It was to express God's ability and His compassion, His willingness to move. They didn't do that. But as we read the scriptures as a transfer, that there are certain things we shouldn't repeat that the disciples did out of fear or doubt. We are taught not to do that. But to call upon the living God. And these modern day disciples, they call upon the Lord. We don't know what to do, Lord. We don't know what to do. They prayed. And here washes up on the shore so many fish. They didn't do anything. They had nothing to do with it. God did it. Hallelujah. There were about 4,000 in the crowd that day. And then Jesus sent them home after they'd eaten. They can take care of spirit, soul, and body. We have needs. Every one of us. All kinds of needs. A state of desperation. Some needs are more grave than others. 
God is there to help us. We're trusting the living God. We call upon Him. We intercede for one another. We trust God. We trust God to come through. I remember when Carly's husband, Ivan, had to go to the hospital last year, I believe, or some time ago, maybe earlier this year. I forget exactly when. But as they were rushing there, we had occasion to pray for Pascal and I. And his faith was quickened. God came on the scene. Not only did he take an impossible situation, God went with our brother. God looked upon him. And even when they had this COVID thing breaking out there, it confidence God is going to be with me. He's going to make things well. Oh, Jesus, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of chaos, oh, Lord, he will bring me out successfully. And so he will again. Hallelujah. We've been praying and we'll continue to pray. God of comfort. Oh, God is there. God is there. God is there. God will not let us go. Hallelujah. The Lord took care of the need. Immediately after this, he got into a boat with his disciples and crossed over to the region of Dalmanutha. Now, he uses his occasion, these two occasions where he provided miraculously. We talk about a deeper spiritual thing here. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him. Testing him, they demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. This author of the Christian books that are saying, this lady, she remembered that miracle that happened in the late 70s. And here she is years later and she was writing these books for children. It's a very well done. She would have poems describing the stories of the Christian heroes that she was writing about. But she had tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Would she ever forget? Hundreds and thousands of fish coming up. Just at the point of need. Who could do that? The same God who brought the quail in the wilderness. The same God who brought that coin out of the fish's mouth for Peter to take and pay the taxes. Oh, he's doing all kinds of things. Hallelujah. Marvelous things. He's a God of marvels. He's a God of wonders. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him, testing him. Can you show us a miracle? from heaven to prove your authority this was their approach when he heard this he sighed deeply in his spirit and said because he's doing miracles continually why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign they want an indication the way they want it for them to verify that I am who I say I am it's not enough what I've done already for them I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. That's not there to cater to our curiosity and unbelief. So he got back into the boat and left them. And he crossed to the other side of the lake. He said, I'm not here for a show. It's a sad state to keep saying, Lord, will you prove your deity to me? Would you prove your power again? 
with unbelief. But we can say, Lord, show yourself strong on our behalf again, Lord, because we know you've done this, that, and the other thing before. You're the same God. Yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we need you now. We can say that. God will come through. Hallelujah. We're going to stop right here. We'll pick up next time with the rest of chapter 8. Father in heaven, we thank you for the truth as it is in Jesus Christ. You provide security. You provide relief. You provide food that we need, Lord. Our Father in heaven, Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Lord, we want your will to be done. We want every situation that you have arranged for us to go through because Lord along with the immediate need you have a deeper spiritual need that you want to fill. You have a deeper spiritual need that you want to address with all the physical provisions, Lord, that we may cast ourselves upon your mercy. Give us this day our daily bread. And Lord, as God willing, we look, O oh Father, soon about that leaven of the Pharisees. And the disciples began to think in natural terms again when you're trying to teach them deeper things. You always take us into the supernatural after showing us that you break into a natural point of need to bring us closer to you, Lord. As the people walked with you, the two, on the road to Emmaus, you broke bread. And even as you broke the scriptures open to them, there's a combination of the natural provision with your supernatural presence. Thank you, Lord. Help us to see your hand in everything, O oh God. Know confidently God is with us. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God is with me, my boat cannot sink. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. If God is with me in the wilderness, I will not go hungry. Man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Lord, the disciples began to, as you've recorded, Lord, saying it's because we don't have any bread. He's talking about beware of the bread from the Pharisees. Don't take their bread. Don't go and ask them for bread. And you show them it's not what you're talking about. You told them to look for the bread that comes from you. All the spiritual food as well as the physical provision. Thank you, Jesus. And today, 
we strengthen our faith again. We look to you, everlasting Father, and we bring again, Lord, Colleen's husband, Lord Yvonne, I pray in Jesus' name. Spirit of the living God, strengthen him, Lord. Oh, strengthen him from heaven, Lord, with a nourishing word. Jesus, be with him. Jesus, be over the situation. Holy Spirit, bring him through. Oh, God, be with everyone, Lord, concerning his situation. Holy One of Israel, as you did before, faithful are you, Lord. I pray that you bring him through greater enjoyment of your kingdom work greater usefulness, O Lord. A deeper faith, Jesus. Pray for Carlene. Holy Spirit of the living God. Holy Spirit of the living God. You'd empower her, Lord. Proclaim your goodness all the while until every good thing that you promised manifests. Together they'll serve the living God. Thank you, Lord. And pray, Lord Jesus, the same nail pierced hand that showed Thomas. You are the one who is alive forevermore. That you've blessed him. With the miracle, O oh Lord, as I was telling the children last evening, the miracle of your sustaining power against all odds, the discovery, Lord, that he was miraculously sustained all this while when it should not have been the case in the natural. Jesus, you've kept him and brought him, Lord, to show your mighty hand again. Oh, Father of glory, you told us to trust you like a little child. And thank you, Father, for his childlike faith and for the trust that Carlene has, Lord, and for the Church of God that is trusting God and praying. Make all well, Father. Make all well. Let your healing river flow. God of healing, hallelujah. God who is with us in a moment of helplessness and desperation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for making all well. Lord, I thank you for blessing Jeff Thank you, Lord. We heard from Jenny last evening, Lord. Or she's speaking to Pastor, but Lord, recently, and she said, Jeff needs to get stronger. He's getting better in God's grace. Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. You've done the biggest miracle. And you will complete what you started. Jesus, in the boat, with us, get safely to the point where you want us to go to distribute your heavenly manna. So be it, O oh Jesus, in the hands of Jeff, in the hands of Yvonne, in the hands, Lord, of all of your people here with needs. O oh Jesus, with Esther, Samuel, with all who've been prophesied about 
dedicated and brought to the presence of God. Lord, for Jesse, for everyone present here. God has called us to come near so we can learn of you and that we can turn to the world and we can distribute the heavenly manna. The disciples distributed the physical bread. But you taught them, Lord, until they were fit to go and tell people not only with passion but power from on high Thousands got saved. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, do with this, Lord, with all the miracles and all the help you're giving, Lord, all the proofs that you're giving this, Lord, that you are God who is not a, away from his people. You're very much involved. You have compassion. You have power. Help us, Lord, to be active in distributing the bread from heaven, telling people about you, Lord. We thank you and praise you. We thank you, Lord, for drawing multitudes, Lord, to your presence right there on Main Street, Sunday after Sunday, till the whole place is overflowing with souls. Thank you, Jesus, that people will come to know the great I Am. Hallelujah. A God who is very present and a very present help in trouble. Thank you, Jesus. So bless your people, I pray. And help us to remember the word. It blesses the man that meditates. And in his law, he meditates day and night. That man shall be like a tree planted. That woman, that child, like a tree planted by the rivers of water. This leaf does not wither. It will be like the man who built his house on a rock and nothing could shake it. Because it's your word that we live by. Walk by faith and on by sight. Thank you, Lord. Minister and distribute, Lord, your healing to everyone who needs it. My God, oh, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, El Shaddai, Jehovah Shema, Jehovah Sidkenu. Lord, you are all that and more. Praise be to God. Give a glorious, blessed day, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.